I, I was meeting with, uh, as I say, a person who should know much better who said, oh, well, the trouble with gyms is they're just for men with six packs. Wow. And I said to well, her, okay, you know, half of it might be. I said, look, when was the last time you were in a gym? Because when I go to a gym, there's more females than males yeah. for a start. The only six pack is behind the bar. Um, and there's young people there, there's people enjoying themselves, there's this really strong community spirit, there's people on NDIS plans there. Yes. It's a really broad cross-section of the mm -hmm. community. Industry change. I am Richard Tutunji, and today I've got a very special guest, very fitness related, Barry Elvish. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Richard. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you for dropping into the office. And um, Barry, if you don't know who Barry Elvish is, start to know who Barry is. He's the uh, CEO of Fitness Australia. And uh, what does Fitness Australia do? I might ask him in a second, but if you're a uh, fitness professional, health professional in this space of health, fitness, and wellness, I think this is an interview you want to see because. If you're running a business, you want to understand, you know, what, where the future is lying for the fitness industry, and uh, what's Barry's grand plans. And that's what I'm going to talk to you today, if that's okay. Sure. Um, tell me, Barry, first of all, um, Elvish. There's yeah. a lot of uh, Lord of the Rings fans. Is that right? There is a lot of Lord of the Rings fans and, out and, there, and, and, and it seems to be a very popular Elvish Lord of the Rings. I don't watch it, but that's what I hear. Neither do I. Uh, it's actually a Viking uh, name, right? And uh, so is the red hair. Perfect. So um, I like to believe that I'm the great, 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 etc. grandson of Eric <laughs> the Red. Um, but you know, we hope, we live in hope. Perfect. Well, if that's the case then, tell me about it, something else because you're not, you haven't come into this industry like a lot of people, this industry, this industry is very clicky. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, absolutely. Now, but it's very clicky. Uh, and you know what I mean, what I'm saying guys, it is very clicky. It's like someone's been there and they've done that and it's all interconnected. And, You've come outside the fitness industry. Tell me how you got uh, the job of CEO of Fitness Australia. I mean, why did you end up in this amazing industry for? Yeah, look, I could, I could say that it was in a cornflake packet, but, <laughs> but I won't because cause it clearly wasn't. But, um, you know, Richard, I don't even have a pair of Lycra pants or shorts or anything. No so I'm not part of the business. Um, my background initially was outdoor education. Right. And I left teaching and went to work for a program in South Australia called the Duke of Edinburgh's Award, which has which had a fitness yeah, component definitely. to it. Uh, went back to uni, did an MBA, and decided that I would uh, spend my career working in the not-for-profit sector. So I've spent the last, uh, well, 30-odd years going through marketing business development roles and got my first CEO position 21 years ago. Primarily uh, since then I've been in early childhood, but also in disability organisations, university organisations and so on. So to come to your question, how did I get to Fitness Australia? Well, I was approached by a recruitment company that uh, looked at my background and said, look, you know, you're interested in fitness, which I am, I, although mm. I'm not uh, part of the trade well, you, you per se. You look fit and healthy to me, Barry. Yeah, well, we, we still work on it, mate, you know, it's, we still work on it. Um, and uh, because I've been involved in member-based organisations, they said, are you interested? I looked at it and thought, you know what, this isn't a bad place to be. I must admit, uh, coming to Sydney was, was a real lure, uh, unlike most people that say they'll never come to Sydney because of the cost of uh, housing, etc. Right. But my two sons both live here. And so for my wife and I, it was the first time in six years that we've been in the same city as our two sons, and that was a huge attraction. And it's been, if nothing else, I mean, the job is fantastic, of course, but being with my sons is fantastic. Family. 
family comes first, always. Amazing. And I think that, uh, yeah, that that kind of tones into this conversation, family, because I think the fitness industry uh, do, uh, and, I, and I might speak to the, the fitness no, fitness professionals out there that they've been running their business uh, through through the hard, through the slog, through through the years, and they treat it as a family. And some of them uh, are putting this business before their family to a degree, uh, for good or for for good or bad. But that's what it is, and they're treating their business as their extended family. Yeah. And when uh, somebody does that in business, there's a lot of pressure that they get every day. And I wanted to talk about you know Fitness Australia, and most importantly, like. We deal a lot with marketing and yeah. we, we have a lot of fitness and wellness professionals that come in here and say, listen, Richard, I need more leads, I need more engagement, I need more clients. And, and one of the first things that we say to anybody is we say, hey, let me look at your brand and what's your brand look mm. like? And I wanted to ask you because Fitness Australia is the leading, um, is the leading organisation in this industry and, and the, the spokesperson for the industry. And I think this is the third interview I've done with the Fitness Australia CEO. And I'm just interested in what does being part of Fitness Australia mean for a small business's, fitness business's brand? What's the connection piece? Because it's clearly a partnership. Yeah. What is the partnership? Yeah, and look, it's interesting. I, I can't speak on previous CEO's behalf, but I think the partnership is critical. Because if Fitness Australia has a well-respected, high-profile brand, yes. then our members are going to benefit automatically. I'd have to be honest and say to you though, I think that in over the last few years, the organisation, my organisation Fitness Australia has perhaps dropped the ball a little bit. Okay. And some of our members, one of the, beauty, one of the good things about being non from, not from the industry is when I meet our members, they have absolutely no hesitation in venting. No, 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 no hesitation at all. So it's not like, this industry. And so, it is like, so it is like a family. I mean, they tell me what the good, bad and the ugly is about Fitness Australia. And it's great because I don't take it personally. I let them vent and, and to be quite honest, a lot of the criticism that I'm hearing I think is quite valid. Mm. I think Fitness Australia hasn't been promoting the brand, marketing the brand of Fitness Australia well yep. in, the, in the recent past. And because of that, some of our members have been saying, well, what do I get for being a member? Sure. We want you to be a spokesperson. We want you to open doors. We want you to actually go and speak to the key politicians, Decision and that's what makers. they're asking for? Absolutely. Okay. And so they should. Yep. If you're going to be a member of an association, that is what you're entitled to expect the association to deliver. So Fitness Australia has to get its own brand together first. When we get our brand together properly and out there in the community, then our members are going to see the huge benefits of being associated with, with a, an industry that has, that has always had, I guess, the latent inherent potential for credibility and kudos. Yep. Now it's time to actually put the runs on the board. Mm. And you're putting the runs on the board in, in a very, um, I think, unique way. I've had a couple conversations with yourself and I've seen you speak and, and spread your message out. And what I see uh, you're doing specifically is you're not working in the trenches, I would say. And, and excuse that's wrong. I think you're seeing a much bigger picture. And um, I think this industry is seeing how do I, how, how do I get that more clients, but you're seeing a much bigger picture and you're seeing a greater reach that we're actually not tapping into. Do you want to share on yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. You use the, uh, the term in the trenches. I mean, I think we spent too much time in the trenches. Mm. Uh, whether we've been too scared to put our head above the trenches and have it yes. shot off, I'm not sure. But we have to operate on a much higher level as an organisation. We have to engage, as I indicated before, with, with the politicians, with the policy makers, with the funders, with the regulators. 
um, because I think we're going to be, we can anticipate there's going to be more regulation coming uh, on our industry in the not too distant future. But my view is that, and this is what we talked about at Filex, yeah. and you and I had some discussions about this, is that at the moment, okay, I'm told, 20% of Australians have a gym membership. Yes. 6% of Australians go to a gym. So there's a 14% void straight away, which, which should be of concern to our members. Mm. But more than that, there's 80% out there who should be of even more concern. So how do we get those 80% at least thinking about going to a gym or taking part in exercise, whether it be in a gym or out in a field or a football park, etc.? So we've shifted our direction as an organisation to a higher, I guess, aim and that's in support of the, the federal government's commitment last year to the World Health Organization's getting more people more active more often uh, international campaign. Yes. And that signed Australia up to getting 15% of our population more active by 2030. If we have success in that as our strategic objective, another 15% of the population, what's that worth? Uh, Four million people. Mm. Huge. Huge number. 20% go to a gym. 800,000 new gym members and so on and Let, so let's on. Let's just stop that for a second. So 20% go to a gym, would you say 800,000 new gym members? Well, if there's 5 million more people getting active, yes. by definition, a percentage of those are going to go from doing a park run, walking the dog, yeah. to something more programmed, more active, more... more so you're saying, you're saying basically get them, get them off the couch, yep. get them walking. When they walk, we all know as fitness professionals they want more. And you're saying then they're going to move into what the fitness, what, what, what the members of Fitness Australia are selling, fitness, gyms, outdoor sessions, PTs, they're going to move into that. Is that yeah. the plan? And look, there, there is actual, I can give you personal evidence to base that view on. I still compete in triathlons uh, as a, in old farts with, with a team. In the Masters, eh? In the Masters, yeah. Not at all. Yep. Uh, only uh, I'll do the running legs. I've been running for yonks. But I also do park runs, right? And I've watched. Pe I've actually. I know people who do park runs who've gone from pushing the pram, half walking, half walking, half jogging, etc., to running. Yes. And then they've said to. I've heard that they've they've spoken to me and said, "Okay, you're in triathlons. How do I get involved in fun runs and mm -hmm. so on and so on?" And they gravitate then to a more, I guess, higher level physical activity. The same thing will happen to those people that start getting more active, a percentage of those will go to a gym. A percentage of those who want to get involved in sports activities that might take place outside of a gym, run by our exercise professionals. Mm. So if we just use the 20% figure, yes. 5 million more is 15% of Australians, 20%, yes. 800,000. Wow. That's, that's, that is the, that the flow-on benefit. It's not going to be a sugar hit overnight. Yeah. It's a long-term strategy, but at the end of the day, it will be self-fulfilling. So Barry, um, that's perfect because you know at Filex in Brisbane, you heard my presentation, I and I was talking about Facebook in 2007. Facebook, the business advertising on it, um, their spend, their revenue of Facebook was 55 million dollars. In 2018, it's 55 billion dollars. Yeah, unbelievable. Now, now, what you're <coughs> saying and what this market is, you know, when we when we search people's Facebook ads and people are competing on Facebook, and they're saying Facebook's not working. I'm not getting enough leads in. You're you're saying what well, Fitness Australia is. Um, advocating here is you're saying, well, if we work on the top level, we bring in these 800,000 new people mm. that want to get involved in exercise to our market that are saying, hey, Richard, how do we get more leads? You're opening up that lead funnel for us. Absolutely. 
And another example, which, which will be a much quicker hit, I guess, is we're talking to Lorna Jane. Yep. Lorna Jane has an Active Australia Day last, sure last does, Sunday yes. in September. Very successful, it's growing. We're talking to them about uh, co-promoting that exercise and they're really keen for us to do that. They've come back and said to us, hey Barry, do you think your gyms would open up free for um, the community on that Sunday? And I said, look, I'll, I'll do a bit of uh, finger in the wind testing of that. I went out and spoke to some of the larger um, franchises and they said, fantastic, we'll open up for four or five hours a day yes. because it's lead generation. Oh, 100%, any so person would want to take absolutely. that. Absolutely, so the more that we can, I guess, engage with mm. other partners mm and other allied industries that help us, help our members, yep. is the way to go. You know, I love this conversation, Barry, because what's happening in the marketplace is that people are doing their little open days and they're doing their, their health days individually, but if we just work together a bit smarter, a bit smarter, yep. we can all win out of this. Absolutely, and, and look, coming into the industry from outside, one of the things that strikes me, Richard, is there's a little bit of uh, segmentation sure. taking place, uh, and a little bit of, I guess, new operators coming into the field, whether they're disruptors or whatever it might be. And I guess um, when I speak to these people, my message is the same. Why are you diluting the product? Mm. Why are you potentially diluting the impact that the organisation can have? You're mm. better off working as one body and, and uh, you know, presenting that case rather than trying to separate and segment. I think that's key, you know, Barry, as you know, we've been a ad strong supporters of Fitness Australia for the last eight years at least and, and great partners. And I also believe that every industry, every business, just like business has its ups and downs, uh, industries have its ups and downs yeah. as well. And again, if you're a long-term player and this is the business is your family and this is where you're putting every dollar and cent, every spare time, um, it makes sense to reach out and get some help and reach out to talk to that industry. And, 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 it, and it's great to hear that Fitness Australia is getting having those big conversations that probably only uh, a very few organisations or large companies can have? Well, we, we can get into the door yep. because of who we are and how big we are, etc. And if I go back to, you know, many years ago before the turn of the century, in fact, when I was doing my MBA, they used the term leverage. Yes. And that's what we're trying to do. We can't do it by ourselves. We need, we need you know, engaged partners. We need our members engaged. This, ex this program to get more Australians more active is only going to be successful if all of our members actually are out there as well promoting it. Mm. And it's, such, it's obviously to their benefit to do so. Well, everybody, everybody's, everybody's benefit and everybody's making a dollar. And at the end of the day, I know, you know the mission of a lot of people is to make uh, Australia healthier and, and active. And I don't know who was telling me yesterday, um, I don't know if I heard it from yourself or somebody else, but it's, it's I think it mentioned from you, but the cost of uh, healthcare versus um, preventative health, do you have those figures handy? I think yeah. it was yourself that yeah, mentioned it's, that. It's well, the, the bean counters, uh, bless them, tell us that it's about $7 for every dollar. $7 so every dollar spent in preventative health activity mm. saves the taxpayer, you and I, and everyone out, out there, uh, $7 later through less health problems, um, less time in hospital, less unemployed, less time off work, and so on and so on. Mm. There, is a, there is a clear line, invest now, go hard, go early, and you'll get the savings later on. And government is realising this, which is that they've, they've signed up to this international treaty, not so we all feel good, yep. that'll be great, but to save the taxpayers money, because sure. they know that they know it's there. And so that means then, I'm assuming, um, opening up doors now is much easier with your private health insurance companies and, and organisations like that. Are they starting <coughs> to like open up now? Yeah, look, it's fantastic, Richard. As you know, when we spoke at uh, Filex, we, we used the term 
Fitness Australia is open for business and I've been really, really stoked to uh, receive the number of inquiries from, from a whole range of businesses. Mm. And NIB have come to us and said, okay, we want to talk to you about how we might be able to reinstitute what we had apparently a few years ago whereby uh, their members of the NIB Health Fund got uh, genuine rebates to attend uh, a gym and or their membership fee was covered by their health fund. Makes like sense. when you go to Specsavers, you get your glasses, yep. you get those twice a year, whatever it is. So we're talking to NIB about how that we can perhaps roll that out. And if we can get that going with them, I mean, they're, they're only the fourth largest, but mm. quite clearly, we'd want to go to Medibank and, and Group and stuff as well. Because they tell us that they are losing in droves younger, fit Australians. And the people that are staying are the older ones who are making the claims on them. And they're costing the money. Absolutely. So they, yeah. need to, they need to engage and recruit and retain younger Australians. Mm. This is an easy way of doing it. More profits for everybody. And even healthier people. Of course. Well, let's turn the subject a little bit because you're, again, you're coming in from the outside. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I like this because whenever anybody comes in from an outside, I love asking them, what do we look like from the outside? What's happening from the outside? So give us the inside scoop, Barry. When you came in, I'm, I'm, I want to know, what did the fitness industry, when I say fitness industry, I mean like uh, professionals look like, fitness professionals look like from the outside, and what does the fitness industry look like for the outside, for like the consumer world as well? What, yeah. what's, what are people saying? Yeah, well, look, I guess because I've been a member of gym myself for some time, my, my view wasn't perhaps as quite as distorted as the general yep. public might be. But certainly, speaking to people since I've taken this role on who aren't members of gyms and, uh, as yet, I'm working on that, uh, and I would have to say some key people in, in government bodies and stuff who should know better, yep. I won't embarrass them by naming them, the problem that the industry has at the moment is perception. Mm. It's how it's perceived. So th I, I was meeting with, uh, as I say, a person who should know much better who said, oh, well, the trouble with gyms is they're just for men with six packs. Wow. And I said, well, I don't know. Her, okay, you know, half of it might be. I said, look, when was the last time you were in a gym? Because when I go to a gym, there's more females than males yeah. for a start. The only six pack is behind the bar. <laughs> um, and there's young people there, there's people enjoying themselves, there's this really strong community spirit, there's people on NDIS plans there. Yes. It's a really broad cross-section of the mm -hmm. community. But I think there's sort of a large number of the community actually think that it is only for yes. fit, people who are already fit, so if they're not fit, if they haven't got the lycra, if they haven't got the, the equipment, they haven't got the, uh, the gear and stuff, straight away they're intimidated by going. Mm. I think some gyms themselves that them don't do themselves a good service when they, when they walk through the door sure. in terms of yep. engaging with them yep. and, and, and making them feel at ease, giving them an instructor that they can line up with. So putting a 65-year-old female with a 25-year-old male, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't work, but yep. unless that 25-year-old male knows how to deal with 65-year-olds, there's problems. Yeah, so cool. so there, is, there are some perception issues. Fitness Australia's role, I guess, is, as we engage with the community and other partners is to try and break those perceptions mm. down. But again, we need to work with our members to do that. Great. Um, and it's interesting because what we teach a lot in marketing, Barry, is making sure that what's happening inside the gym, because most uh, clients love their trainers, they love mm. their gym, but a lot of the time, unfortunately, and this is what we love to do, is, is to make sure what's happening inside the gym is happening outside on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Snapchat, on TikTok, if you're even on there. Like, mm. it's, it's happening out there in the marketplace. And it, what you're telling me that if we, it, as a whole industry, 
if we can do a better job in marketing what we actually do, slowly, slowly the outside will actually maybe come in through the doors. Abs absolutely. I think the industry needs to be asking itself, why is it stuck on the 20%? Mm. What, what are the barriers? What, what are the problems, the obstacles to getting that other idea to at least think about it? I love that. Why are we stuck on the 20% yep. for? That is a great question everybody should ask themselves right now. Why are we stuck on the 20% for? And that will fix a lot of problems, I think. Yeah. Mm. Very interesting conversation, guys. Um, I've got a, a few random questions I might ask. I think we've got through quite a lot on my list that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, so let's talk about, I guess, the... I just want to have one question. Like, I, I personally see, maybe this is a personal question, this is what people are saying to me quite a lot. Uh, Richard, I've got a young trainer coming through the doors. Um, as you said, they're 18, 19, and they're just, they're just, it's almost like they're training, they're just training as they go. Mm. How do we, you know, we are helping people get professional. Is that a good thing, having someone young and inexperienced? Is it a good, is it a bad thing? Um, what, how is that going to be perceived? Is there work to get that fixed? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know that's a big question a lot of people have. Yeah, look, well, I mean, being originally a, a, a trained teacher, mm. um, when you first come out of university as a trained teacher, you are very raw and green around the edges, but also you're full of enthusiasm yes. and passion. You want to yes, change. You, you want to change the world. Mm. So a good school, if I use that as an analogy, will have fresh blood. Yep. They'll have experienced blood, and they'll have the wise elders. Bringing those all together is how you get a very good school with a good, very good educational program, which takes into account the co complete diversity of your student body. There is no reason why a gym should be no different to that. You need to tap into the enthusiasm, the energy, the passion, the desire to make people better and all the rest of it coming into a gym. And at the same time, those, those new people coming in and the clients need to be able to benefit from the wisdom experience of those who've been in the game for some time and, and, and mm. you know, know the, um, the pitfalls. Mm. I love it. So it's a bit of a combination that you need, just like any kind of business, have a good combination. And then the right clients will veer towards the right personality for them. Yeah, there'll, there'll be a natural matchup. Mm. It's like any natural selection when you go and choose a partner in life. I mean, yep. you will go to those who you feel comfortable with, who you think are listening, who are yep. encouraging you, actually have your interests at heart. Yep. And they're not just in the, for the money sort of business. So if you, you use the analogy right at the start of this discussion about a family, so the gym in itself should be a micro family. Mm. Where everyone is looking after each other, but everyone wants the best for each individual. And we don't get upset if someone actually goes ahead. We don't try and pull them back. It's not that crab bucket mentality. Mm. It's actually enjoying and celebrating the success of everybody. Well, I just like it because you're just about to produce 800,000 more people you can get <laughs> in the gym. So Let's hope so. You heard it. Um, one more question, just, just on a broad spectrum, for those who don't know much about Fitness Australia uh, and, and the structure and the process and who you have in place, I, I know your team and, they, and they're hard workers and they're always on, their, on the socials, they're always visiting gyms. I see that, but can you kind of explain the structure, the membership managers, what, what is everybody's roles in Fitness Australia? What does it consist of? Okay, well, we have a customer service team. We have membership managers who, who liaise with um, the members, obviously. We yep. have a marketing team. We have an advocacy side, we have a standards and accreditation side. Having said all that, I think the best thing to say is that we, it's actually like a good business, any good business is actually going through a transition program. Mm. Because as much as Fitness Australia lost the ball to, or dropped the ball to some degree with our marketing and advocacy in the past, we need to make sure that our current more leaner organisation, which it is now than when I first got there, 
is actually fit for purpose. Mm. Fit for purpose. Okay, fit for purpose. So we're actually, we are, we are actually doing what is in the best interest of our members. So those positions and roles I just described are in a, are in a stage of transition. Yep. At the end of this year, they will look different, yes. but we'll be providing a better service, I believe, for our members. And any members out there who are actually watching this, if we're not, get in contact with me and tell me. And how do we get in actually contact? Like if there's a member out there and say, you know what, I haven't heard from FA Fitness Australia, what am I doing? Like, how, actually, how do they contact? Do you just pick up the phone, do you email, do you go on socials? What's the deal? Well, I live in a cave, yep. so my social media skills are pretty limited. So I'd suggest you get on the phone. I yep. do have a mobile. Uh, it's not a brick, it's actually a small one. Okay. Um, give me a call yep. uh, or email me directly. Great. Uh, because I really appreciate and welcome that direct engagement. Uh, because I'm, that's the way I hear yep. what we're doing well and not so and well. I, and I must, uh, I, I must say to everybody, that is true. I, I, I do believe that you can take a lot of hits and it's something how you how you actually engage and actually execute. Well, it all. comes with age, Richard. You know, mm -hmm. you know. Been around so the car park. Been around, times, yeah. Right? Yeah, you just knock me down, I get back up again. Excellent, yeah. Barry. Just before we finish up, um, for those who have maybe been old members, maybe they haven't renewed their registration for a couple of years, it's lapsed. You know, what 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 flavour would you tell people? What what would you tell somebody to say? Why should we get a board? Because from this conversation, what I'm hearing, I'm hearing that you're on the. You're on the top there trying to get all the organisations together. Let's all work together to bring in this fresh 80% of people into this, into this game. Um, and obviously, everybody wants a piece of that, I would say. So sure. what do we need to do to get back involved with F for Fitness Australia? What, what would be the first step? Well, that's not what you start off by asking. You actually start off by saying, why should they join? I've got two questions. Okay, so what are we doing first? What, why why should, should they join? Okay, why, 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 why should they, they should join? join? Because it gives them credibility as being part of the industry, the leading industry association, and, uh, and that's not a glib term. We are the largest, quite clearly. And when you go and talk to governments and Sport Australia and stuff, they refer to Fitness Australia. Mm. Because and they're the largest. Because we're the largest, but also because we have accreditation, ongoing education, professional standards. So they've made it very clear, yes. Sports Australia, that they will not engage with us unless we maintain those standards. Ooh, let's, let's talk about that again because, so, so we didn't even touch on this, but, but you're saying that they're engaging with Fitness Australia because you're uh, following through clear standards and that obviously limits risk for everybody involved. Ab absolutely, and I can support that even further by saying in our discussions with NIB, they are only talking to us because we have that accreditation, that standards, and they actually use that term, we want to minimise our risk if we're going to support people going to gyms. Mm. So why you should join is to give them your, your, the members credibility, but to give us credibility by sheer size. Mm. So when we go and speak to governments again and, and Sport Australia and all these other people, we want to be able to say we represent 90% of the industry. Yes. Straight away, you've got traction. Great. So that's why they should join. Great. And there's a whole bunch of other benefits too, but I don't want to talk about those because really at the end of the day, we're having a much higher level of conversation here yep. than, than the other thousand benefits give anyway. At the bottom line is, if our instructors, our exercise professionals, want to be treated and regarded in the community as professionals, if our gyms want to be regarded as the best possible gym services and facilities available, they, there is no choice but to maintain a high level of professionalism. Mm. And that comes through accreditation with a reputable organisation that insists and maintains accreditation standards, CCs. I know that's a problem for some of our instructors. They don't like our exercise professionals, excuse my terminology. I know they don't like it, yep. but every other profession, 
every other profession, bar none, has ongoing education and professional development. Guys, you heard it right there. Thanks so much, Barry, for coming in. And before the we last question, the last ah, question, okay. sorry, was how do I get, how do, how do we get involved? How do you get involved? How, how do we re-register? Oh, well, you go, well, you go online. Go online. Go and re-register. If you're having problems with our IT system because it is a bit clunky, contact me directly and I'll fast track it for you. No drama. But before we close, yeah. oh, Richard, I do want to say I'm really excited and enthused that Com and Fitness Australia have renewed our partnership and you're going to be sticking around with us for a few more years. Yeah? Yes, yes. I'm pretty pumped that we have renewed our partnership together and uh, that means that we can actually give more value and, and we love that whole piece of making sure that we can get better quality leads into a personal trainer, a fitness professional, a gym owner, and that's what we're going to help your members do, um, continue to help them do, is to make sure their positioning and branding is right. Because our mission is very similar to your mission, Barry, we want to make sure that we have a healthier, happier, it sounds a bit corny, but at the end of the day, your health is all you have at the end of the day. Absolutely. Well, that and family. And you can't have one without the other, really, so. True. Guys, you heard it here. Um, get involved with Fitness Australia if you're not already. Uh, we're very excited to re-partner with Fitness Australia in this new partnership and there's uh, heaps of value in that for everybody here. Thank you so much for watching this episode of Industry Change. If you prefer the audio version, go to the podcast app on your phone and search for Industry Change. We have heaps of other podcasts you can go to. If you are a fitness professional and you wanna learn more about how to make sure your business has a better perception online, my suggestion, go to our Facebook group, it's called Crush Your Fitness Marketing, it's totally for free, and you can start engaging and having conversations there and getting involved in making sure that your business looks amazing online. Thanks so much, I'll see you next time on Industry Change.